You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, a guidepost. Uh, well, so we got through the New Jersey hearing last night, and and this was the much anticipated, you know, is New Jersey going to go out of compliance? And um, and we wanted to kind of do a rapid, real short podcast, right? One of our little rapid reaction deals. Because we had three folks from ASGA on there last night, and there there were some there were some gems as far as sound bites go. Um, really got a, a a peek inside, uh, New Jersey, and 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 how they feel about things, and you know we'll we'll just tell you like spoiler alert: the vote was five to two to comply with the emergency action. And it's not like, so that's great. That's great. New Jersey's going to comply. Um, however, you know, like everything else, there's twists and turns and, and a larger group in New Jersey is going to meet in a couple of weeks and they can veto it. So like, this is definitely, we want a battle, but not the war. And like everything with striped bass, you can't take your foot off the gas. But um, but holy Toledo, uh, were there were there were there some gems that provided some true insight into how New Jersey views fisheries in New Jersey, and that's not a big problem for the rest of the coast unless the fish swim out of the state which they do for a lot of these important species. And that forces us to have to live with New Jersey. And I would equate it to uh, a bad neighbor, you know, that lights bonfires in their backyard when it hasn't rained in three weeks, plays their music, on like level 10 because you know why wouldn't the neighbors want to enjoy this and sets fireworks off at midnight during a drought in the woods um and i'm kind of projecting my own personal experiences with my neighbor um but i won't i won't go too far down that road so uh part of the team that was on there last night was cody um and and he's joining us for the podcast and we're gonna we're gonna run down some stuff to try to educate our listeners on uh on what what went down last night and what we can expect moving forward so cody looks like it's been raining for like a week down in florida um i know you got your i know you got your new boat after the uh after your last one went up like a matchstick. So that's, that's huge. You're back on the water. You're back guiding again. You look refreshed and back to, back to being Cody. Um, so, you know, thanks for hopping on here. 
does refreshed Cody constitute as sunburnt and dehydrated and exhausted? Because that is the current state. But uh, I, I would just call it a glow. You know, just 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 a glow, man. You're doing good. More of a reflection, red, yes, red and orange, yes. Even with yes, some you're, you're you're doing good. You know, you still your 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 main skin still hasn't adjusted to South Florida, but you're getting there. Uh, my my pigment still looks like a frozen lake. So, uh, yeah, Tony. Last night, uh, you know, I kind of thought I was like in this like alternate reality. It was very strange. Um, I'm not much of a drinker. Very rarely do I drink these days, but that one made me want to drink myself to sleep, wake up and start my day drinking before this podcast. It was eye-opening. I think uh, I think it, eye-opening is the best one-word description and we'll get into some of the little points that made me feel that way, but to get to see the thought process behind the decision-making in the state. And like you talked about, you know, each state operates within its own, you know, realm for a lot of things. But when it comes to these migratory species, these anadromous species where the whole route of their migration from their spawning cycles to where they go up north to feed, et cetera, is all crucial. It's really important that everyone kind of toes the line is working towards the same goal. And so hearing some of the things I think me and you both have talking point number one in mind here, and it was right off the jump. And actually, the only thing I'm disappointed about, because I like to record a lot of these meetings, so I can go back, listen to them for myself, for educational purposes, continue to get better, and also to help share with some people who can't attend. And this one happened so quickly in the meeting that I didn't actually have the recording on. And it's bummer. But Mr. Jeffrey Brust, I believe is his name. When they were describing, they were laying laying the land out for what they were going to talk about for last night's meeting. They described the new EA regs. And I quote within about a 95% accuracy, might be off by a word or two. Mr. Jeffrey said, and we no longer have CE, conservation equivalency, to exploit. I mean, I mean, take advantage of, I'm, I mean, to target smaller fish, end quote. And I know me and you texted each other within about four seconds and both just said the word exploit in capital letters. And so instantly you get a look into their strategy, which is this entire time it has been about what can New Jersey do for New Jersey? And while the rest of the coast in varying capacities and strategies is working towards one general goal, with a little bit of an asterisk there, New Jersey has always been in it for themselves. So, if, Cody, if you look at the jurist, if if you look at the jurisdictions, because we have to frame this, like, you know, okay, so the the guy, the guy who led the meeting, um, Brust, uh, employee of New Jersey, he absolutely said exactly what you said you know somebody said well why why can't we get around this and he basically said well normally we can exploit uh i mean take advantage of conservation equivalency and it was just i mean like my jaw hit the desk like there it all was you know so to frame this when you look at all the jurisdictions that manage striped bass under the umbrella at the commission you have maine new hampshire mass Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, 
New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, Potomac Rivers Fisheries Commission, Pennsylvania, uh, North Carolina. Um, and you, you look at the scope of all of this, all of these states, right? All of these jurisdictions. And some of those jurisdictions exploit CE just like, well, they used to, just like New Jersey did. Um, and New Jersey took about 40 to 50% of the harvested striped bass last year. So you look at a, you look at places like Maine and New Hampshire. I mean, restrictions on them aren't going to do anything to to bring striped bass back. Like you, if you catch more, you have to give more, right? If we, you know, if we focused on the states that that harvest the most. You know, in New Jersey and New York, that that's where we're going to make the biggest gains. Well, it's kind of like, Tony, in a more economic sense, it's like trying to fix your budget. You're trying to fix your monthly budget. It's not whether you buy a coffee every Thursday on your way to work or not. If you can get your mortgage down or refinance a truck to get a better payment that saves you $300 a month, that's how you fix a budget. Oh, right? Car- the, the, the Cody, uh, look, uh, uh, an article just came up in my news feed yesterday. And, um, you know, there's Turkestan, you know, this tiny little country sits on like one of the largest natural gas deposits in the world. And they're those gas deposits based on, you know, on their, 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 uh, gas exploration, natural gas exploration. If we can get the methane leaks addressed in that place, it's like, 200 million pounds of greenhouse gas and methane is terrible greenhouse gas for that one little country if all the other developed countries in the world can kind of get behind them and and give them technology to stop this it it would basically like i i think it would it would completely negate all the carbon emissions from taiwan just just the gas exploration in this one country. So like there's something, maybe we don't worry about plastic straws, right? There's something we could all get behind because it would make an enormous impact almost immediately. So, and don't look, don't, don't yell at me about p- p- paper straws suck. Okay. I'm just like, you might cut that out. So all the turtle. people. Yeah. Don't. yeah so it's like, please turtle people do not. I'm just, Look, I'm making a point here. So, like, you you go, you you address where the problem is, right? That's that's what I'm saying. So, you know, building on that, the lack of accountability in in that group last night was shocking, shocking. Um, you know, there was criticism. Uh, there were, you know, when we when we looked at who was attending the call, there was directed criticism from public comments towards the state of Massachusetts. There were two state of Massachusetts representatives on the call so they could hear what was going on. And uh, and and the criticism from New Jersey towards Massachusetts was, oh, you guys have this commercial fishery and it's 700,000 pounds and 
yada yada and and our bonus tag system is based on the commercial fishery uh, that New Jersey used to have and it's only you know under 300,000 pounds and we never hit it now look i, I am a I, i'm a big fan of reforming the Massachusetts commercial fishery reforming you know there's there's accountability issues there they kill big fish there's a lot of things um you know there's a lot of things that can make that fishery more accountable and i'm i'm totally behind that however if you, if anyone listening to this thinks that that bonus tag system in new jersey is accountable i mean oh my gosh you you've got to be joking like how many people saw the video the you know the nighttime video where the individual had you know seven or eight big stripers in a garbage bag uh in new jersey on the rocks you know there was it was brought up a, a, a public comment came up last night that there's no enforcement in new jersey and you could go to you could go in the spring and individuals are like stuffing garbage bags with stripers dropping them off at their vehicle coming back down catching more dropping them off and there's literally no enforcement and it's just like a free-for-all and then and then add to that so like that's just blatant in your face poaching so do you think that something like a bonus tag is accountable if you can't even enforce people are recording this they're they're putting it on video and putting it on social media and you can't enforce that does anyone want to look me in the eye and say that bonus tag system is enforceable and and with all the people fishing in new jersey and the amount of fish that they harvest i mean i would i would suggest that the people who are legitimately using the bonus tags legitimately using the bonus tags are the party boats and charter for hire you know because their businesses depend on being honest and and following the rules and they they do get checked so i think the vast majority of those bonus tags that are turned in and new ones are issued are from that charter for hire and party boat fleet but you know private wreck anglers oh my gosh and then and then compound this with new jersey doesn't have a fishing license they don't even know how many people are fishing Okay. Which we did hear. Did we hear two people call for that? We heard two time? people call for it. And look, I get it. I get it. When so there was, you know, there was something in Maryland a while back where, you know, it was like a rain tax. And it was like, you know, five dollars or something for everyone. And then we got a rain tax and and it was supposed to go to help like our aging sewer systems. Because like if you look at the older cities on the East Coast, Philadelphia, Baltimore, DC, New York you know, Boston, you know, cities that were built in like the 16, the late 1600s, early 1700s, our sewer systems are, are degrading, right? And they're, and they're trying to improve them. So that money was supposed to go to that. And of course, the fund got raided, and it went to somewhere else. Um, the Land and Water Conservation Act, you know, that just passed a couple of years ago. And that made sure all that all that money from, uh, you know, oil exploration in the Gulf, that that kind of profit sharing go Mesa money, um, that made sure that that goes to like, improve parks and, and it, dude, that's $900 million a year. And they were raiding that constantly, I get it. 
you know, you, if, if New Jersey wants a license, make sure that money goes to the right place. And I think the right place would be science and enforcement, right? There was a call for enforcement. And, you yeah. know, Tony, it was interesting, actually. So there's, there's two sides, uh, you know, kind of two teams to a lot of this, right? And the team would, it's kind of, I guess just, the, you know, bluntly, it's, it's the kind of pro-conservation mind that wants to see this EA regs and then the other side that doesn't think we need it or does not want to see it. But it was interesting in their debates for or against adapting this EA, these new EA regs, both sides called for a lot of the same things. So we actually did people did hear people who were not supportive of these EA regs also call for enhanced um, enforcement, enhanced enforcement, better science, and also a lot of calls for education from that side as well. So over the debate for regulations, you're actually seeing a lot of things that all sides of this community who actually care about this fish want to see. Uh, enforcement was one of them. Uh, and that, that came within the lens of the license, which is what, what made me think of this. And also education. Uh, really funny. The, there was a wave of striped bass spearfishing coalitions, which I guess is a new trend. I, I know people spearfish for, for everything up and down the East Coast. Um, interesting to, to hear their campaign in, and I understand how this would affect their ability to participate in the fishery with a spear because you're judging that fish under the water while shooting. But at the same time, I mean, it's so negligible the scale of how many people are doing that relative to the millions and millions and millions of fish landed on hook and line. Um, well, Cody, look, the, the guy, the spear fishing guy was like, I want to carve out. There's not many look, of us. Let's, let's clarify for anyone who didn't tune in. There were, I believe, three different spear fishing guys, you know, at yeah. representing a club, uh, organization, whatever it may be. And like, here's the deal, right? And I, I hate being rough. I mean, I'm a, I'm a scuba diver. I, I hate being rough on spear fishermen, but like, be grateful that you're allowed to participate in this fishery. And if it's a little bit harder to stick a striper, suck it up, buttercup. You know, you're, you are, you are not a blip on the radar of, uh, the wants and needs of striped bass. And frankly, you know, I, I question, uh, the utility of shooting a striped bass with a spear um and and the the the, the thought of requesting a carve out instead of saying you know thank you for letting us even participate in this and uh and and we'll do what we have to do but no oh there's so few of us just let us kill whatever we want i mean that's a, you're you're punching your ticket to never shooting a striped bass again a New Jersey spearfisherman went uh, internet viral for his quick 10 seconds of fame for they had a tarpon come along jetty up there and he shot it with a spear just just because he could. Right. So uh, definitely not the community that's given themselves the best reputation uh, along the East Coast. But, you know, I I'm speaking for you, but I'm sure, you know, you feel the same way. None of, we're not anti spearfishing. And like if people get down with that's their way to harvest fish and whatever, more power to them. And so, some of the spear divers down here badasses can swim to like depths that you know octopuses and swordfish can do some of the guys down here are crazy um but 
just a, a weird little uh, one of the weird little twists and turns of last night's yeah, I mean, shoot. Dude, like like participate in conservation and understand like you got one foot in the grave and another on a banana peel. Like you have no representation. You don't understand. You, it was pretty clear that you don't understand the issue, and you were just you. They were coming at it from a perspective of like, yeah, well, do whatever you want, but exclude us from it. And I mean, that's just a terrible message. After after the countless hours that the conservation community has put into this, have we turned the tide? You know, you just you, you, you live in a bubble. Like that is not a smart thing to say because you're just going to piss everyone off. And you're going to be on the short end of the stick because there's like eight of you. Um, so, you know, I, I would I would embrace conservation, deal with whatever regulations come down and be appreciative of the fact that you're allowed to participate in this fishery, because that ain't going to last forever if you if you keep talking, you know, ridiculous stuff. So to, to and get one thing, one thing I want to add to that is actually like a little bit of subtle irony to it, but. To hear there was a call from one of the spearfishing uh, community representatives, and sorry to lump you know lump them together because I understand they're from different organizations, uh, but I just don't remember the names off the top of my head. Um, there was a call from spear fishermen advocating for better catch and release education. Oh, that was that was good. Um, That's that was irony. Which that he's was, not wrong, right? We're we're all on the same page. We need better education, but it is ironic to hear. Uh, Coming and I understand he probably also participates as a rod and reel angler as well, not just with a spear. But there was a subtle irony there. You know, um, one thing that I would like to bring up is there was a comment that was like, "We have to stop this disaster management." But the the purpose of that comment was to say. You know, I am doing a read into it. I didn't make the comment, but the purpose was to say, like, you know, uh, oh, these wild swings and, you know, we had a disaster. Well, here's the thing. There's been five decisions over the last 10 years that brought us to this point. And New Jersey led the charge on all five of those bad decisions. So right. I agree we need to stop disaster management. So quit creating a disaster. Yeah. You know, have some responsibility. Like you did this, you did this with your bonus tag and your 48 different uh, CE proposals. And then the, you know, the 18% reduction and, Oh, we just have to take the 18% reduction by state, not by coastwide. That little game that the, that the, ASMFC commissioners from New Jersey played, you know, a, a couple of years ago where they didn't even really have to take a reduction, you know, and you and you plop 30 something CE proposals on the lap of the technical committee. And all it is is just, you know, lies, damn lies and statistics. Right. Mark Twain. So, like, you're just monkeying like they just reverse engineer this stuff with the models and the numbers to get what they want. And like you did this. You did this. So one of the things that people had a lot of questions about, Cody, was like, what are the damages? You know, like what if, we, well, we'll just go out on our own and do our own thing. Well, when the Coast Guard takes your boat, slaps you with a $100,000 fine and takes your gear, 
That was one of my favorite parts of the whole me when the guy goes, so what? Let's uh, let's not even do it. Let's uh, break off. Let's be our own state. Let's start our own country. Huh? We don't need all these people. And they go, yeah, it's going to cost probably a $100,000 fine. Uh, you lose your boat and all your gear. And the guy goes, okay. Is there any other, can we go like a different route that doesn't have that result? It's like, yeah, but like for the first time, the iron fist was there because like you talked about as in their own words, their exploitation in the past has been (laughs) encouraged and rewarded by the system. So this was the first time it was, you're going to do X or Y. And if you do Y, that is not in favor of the resource, the almighty, you know, Thor's hammer is coming down on you. Well, here's the beauty of it. They don't realize it but they were almost criticizing themselves right when when they when they did it and they didn't realize it but they were they were making the best arg the best case against new jersey you know let's just go out on our own um we don't need this you know that this is uh you know, we can, we can, we can do whatever we want to do. It's the Chesapeake Bay's fault. It's this fault. It's that fault. You know, our fisheries better. All the fish are here now. You know, the best was one guy went on, one guy went on and he said, well, you know, in the spring, in the first part of the season, we were catching all fish that were over the limit. And he said, and people enjoyed that. And and we threw them back and we were careful with them and we were catching giant fish and they had fun and da, 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 da. And then he's like, and then later on in the season, you know, we could catch those slot fish. And, and I'm like, well, hold on a minute. So you're saying that people on your boat were having fun catching and releasing fish and that you handled them properly. So I didn't think that was, I didn't think that was in your business plan. But, and then no. he said, and then I have to kill fish or I'm going to go out of business. And I'm like, you know, it's another one of those things where it's like, dude, you're talking in circles. You just said that people came, got hotel rooms, spent money, helped the economy to catch and release big fish. And then in the next breath, but I have to kill fish. Well, which is it? Well, which is it? And that's how I feel. What you just said right there is how I feel about a lot of the striped bass stuff, which is we have to have a conversation on one, on whatever side of the fence you're on, we have to set the fence. So which is it? And the opposition, if you listen to the last podcast, not the oppository opinions, the opposition, the opposition doesn't set the fence. So you have, which is it? Is fishing good so we can change regulations or is fishing so bad you know can you catch and release run a catch and release based business or can you not you have to pick like these are the facts these are the statements that we are actually going to debate you can't waver back and forth depending on what your main goal was that was a huge one and then also to hear too a lot of ripping on well the catch and release angler this more fish are going to die now. At one point, it almost felt like a threat, which I really didn't like. One gentleman basically said, we're going to, we're going to kill them anyways. Like, so it was like, oh, if you don't let me kill the ones I want, well, I'm, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to treat them even worse this season out of your own anger towards it? Um, but on the, there's a lot of cries against the release mortality and the scale of the release fishery's impact. 
And then someone acknowledged, you know, oh, well, I work on a boat that's four feet above the water. So we don't have the chance to revive them and hug them and kiss them and take care of them. Like, you know, you, you soft inshore or whatever. And I'm kind of adding all my own lingo to that. But he said, you can't take care of the fish on the release. Okay, so, so maybe your release mortality is even higher per fish on the fish that you're not keeping because you're spiking them over like Rob Gronkowski over the over the railing, right? So there has to be this honest conversation. It can't be just I spew whatever talking point helps me get over this little hurdle that we're stuck in. And and that 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 always drives me crazy with this because we're not debating the efficacy of either side. We're just moving the fence around to try to try to land grab as much striped bass and as much opportunity and as little accountability as possible. Well, you know, Cody, this, I think the big thing is, is this is not pr- prior, prior to amendment seven, you know, it was like the friends and family plan, you know, their carve outs for this group, this group gets special concessions and it was all based around conservation equivalency. And I think they're coming to the hard reality that, you know, through, an enormous heavy lift from the conservation community that CE is not around anymore. And I think we're going to start to see, um, you know, we're going to start to see enormous gains from that because they will clearly, it was stated in the call, we exploit slash take advantage of that. But here's the thing. A lot of, a lot of the other comments were like, we're not going to put up with this anymore and we have to take a stand and, and, you know, we can't let these people tell us what to do. And, and, and if we agree, if we, they're shoving this down our throat and if we agree to this, we're creating a precedent and they're just going to keep doing it. Well, guess what? Those are all our talking points for why New Jersey shouldn't have CE because you've been shoving it down our throat and we've been setting precedents to let y'all get away with murder. And the reason why we're in this trouble with striped bass lands squarely on your lap. And we're not, we're not even penalizing you. We're not asking you to do anything extra. Just want you to participate, right? Just participate in in conservation, and we closed a bunch of loopholes that you can't exploit slash take advantage of. And the other thing that I would say is like this whole like, there's no public process. This came out of nowhere. You know, there there were no comments. Let me see the data. You know, dude, you're not paying attention. And and a prime example of that is, well, catch and release mortality is going to skyrocket if you tighten the slot. Well, guess what? There's been like two or three technical committee meetings, two, uh, that's that's reviewing the numbers. And catch and release mortality isn't rising. You want to know why? Because there aren't any goddamn fish in a lot of places. Great. New Jersey had a great season. Cape Cod, look at the pictures on Instagram. They're they're having a good season. Guess what? It's the dead sea here. It's the dead sea. It's not worth going. Okay. And that's coming. That's coming for y'all up north. And you'll see what we're saying in a couple of years. It ain't pretty. It's not pretty at all. So that's why catch and release mortality isn't rising. Because there's no cohorts after, you know, 2018. 
people are not catching and, and releasing fish because they're not there. And when they're not there, participation falls, effort falls. And that all, that all goes into the formula of catch and release mortality. And it's not rising. It's not going to rise with the tightening of the slot. It's not. I hate to tell you this. Use logic. Use common sense. Okay, well, I would suggest that the participants on that call, they do the same thing. Use logic and common sense. If we don't have a good year class after 2019 and it's 2023, people are catching less fish. People are catching less fish. How many micro dinks are you catching where you are? Not many. Not many. They're not around in the numbers that they were. So if there's not as many around for five straight years, you're not catching and releasing as many. That is why catch and release mortality isn't rising. And let me tell you something. If all of these super concerned people from New Jersey actually took an hour or two out of their lives and listened to these calls and participated and it's on the damn calendar. They're not hidden. It's as public, it's as public of a process as it gets. And to hear, not, not just, I, look, I don't expect everyone from the public to be educated on this. That's our job at the Guides Association, to educate people and to sit in these meetings. But if you sit on a, a state council board and, and you're not listening to this or at least asking your ASMFC commissioners what the heck happened or why is this, and you're bringing this stuff in a meeting, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing because the people who participated and took their time, like us, know the answers and you're wasting everyone's time. And you're talking about hyperbole and what you're doing is climbing up to a steeple and screaming from the parapet, I don't pay attention. I don't participate in the meetings. And that doesn't give you a lot of credibility, to us at least. Because you would think if you were so aghast and it's going to be such an economic impact and everything's going to be so horrible, and how could ASMFC do this? Log in and listen to it. And then you'll understand. And you won't be wasting my time listening to your rambling and your uninformed hoo-ha. And, and again, I'm not talking about the public. I'm talking about the people who voted last night. Who voted. Shocking. It was shocking shocking the calls for the socioeconomic impact you know survey and getting more information on how is this going to affect our economy yada 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 i would venture to guess those numbers are probably not going to turn out if we really went down the rabbit hole of attaching all the numbers to this fishery across the states and across all the different uh sectors that utilize them think about how who's going to put more into the economy there and that's not what this fishery should become i'm not implying that but I just don't think barking up the economic rabbit hole to try to fight, fend off what could be between one to 18 months of somewhere in that stretch of EA regulations to try to fight off this temporary ripping of the Band-Aid by wanting to go that deep into the economics of the fishery. I just don't think it's going to – I don't even think that's going to help build them a case to defend and put against it. and also. The requesting of more data from ASMFC about this between the two meetings from the last one to what they got now. And they're saying, well, you didn't really bring us any more information. That all loops back to what you just said. All of the information has been on the table. So if these are New Jersey's experts on striped bass and the people that should be making these decisions, how much more information do we really need? 
Hasn't there been as much information as this is one of the most engaged and one of the most engaged and analyzed fisheries on the East Coast, is it not? How much more data do you need? And what were you going to get between the three weeks or whatever it was that separated these two Zoom calls? And then, so, I mean, Cody, you- look, here, here's the bottom line. You know, these people are complaining about the data. New Jersey can kill two fish. Everyone, everyone can. Private wreck anglers, charity boat, par, everyone can kill two fish with the bonus tag system. Everyone, and they do. And there's 10 zillion people in New Jersey. It's a very heavily populated state, very densely populated. And the coastline's wide open access. Straight from Cape May to Sandy Hook, wide open, with incredible parks and, and all this stuff. And, and and you can kill two fish and no one else can, besides like, you know, the charter boat community in Maryland, if they do an electronic reporting system and there's stipulations and all that. But the general public, everyone in New Jersey can kill two fish with the bonus tag system. And you kill 50% of the fish on the coast. So what more data do you need? What What more data do you need? And it's like, it's amazing. I mean, it is totally shocking that that is the that is the argument that they're hinging this on and it's like look let me let me simplify this for you you have millions of people fishing and you can kill two fish and no one else can do you understand now why you need to take this reduction you did this you did this accountability through 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 exploiting the CE program. Oh, no, not exploit. Um, uh, shit. Uh, t- t- take, t- take advantage, advantage of. of. Uh, That's right. Lightly borrow additional resources. I mean, yeah. uh, um, utilize rules in a way not necessarily intended, but to my benefit. I mean, uh, 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 shit. What's another? How can I say exploit? How can I say exploit? Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Huh. You know, I am one other. Uh, can probably add this in there too. Uh, Captain Brian Williams, right? Had a great comment last night. And uh, after his comments, he let us know that he submitted a question. And it wasn't even, you know, I'm one for satirical questions, comments, and jest in a serious environment. Probably uh, one of my weaknesses at times. But uh, he submitted a serious question to the people running the meeting asking for some clarity on something and they booted him from the meeting yep. towards the end of the meeting. So what does that tell you about the conversation going on in New yeah, Jersey? And Cody, that brings up, you know, on a very high level and we can close the podcast out on this, you know, the first meeting in New Jersey where they kicked it, you know, do more data research and which led to this meeting last night, there was no voice for conservation. It was a gaggle of screaming and yelling and ill-informed comments. As I counted last night, there was almost half a dozen people that came on and said, actually, we support this. We support this conservation. And there was a slide that they brought up from the four hearings at ASMFC that there were actually a ton of anglers who logged into those meetings, who were from New Jersey, supported conservation, and were critical of the state. 
So like that's never happened before in my lifetime. So, you know, I, I very sincere thank you because it is a, it is a hostile environment and it takes it. You got to have a set of brass ones to get on those calls and say your name and say you're from New Jersey and support conservation because the other side is all, is a little unhinged. So it takes, I mean, you got to have a little bit of courage to do that. So for the handful of people, the handful of fishermen and guides, you know, half a dozen, thank you. Um, Bravo. Round we, of res applause. we respect the hell out of you for doing that. Um, you know, that's usually a role that we take and get a lot of hate thrown at us, but it really, you know, it kind of showed me something that like y'all are grabbing that voice and you're taking it. And, um, and that's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen because I think I think the world is seeing who's been driving the bus in New Jersey for decades. And it's unacceptable. I mean, it's just unacceptable. This is why we have the problem that we have in that state. And Cody, I'll close this out to two things just to just to keep people aware of it. You know, there was some talk about Virginia's not in compliance. So we know the folks in Virginia pretty well. Um, and they're, people don't realize this, but their, their striped bass season is closed and it does not open until October. So, you know, they're going to be in compliance. They have, they have gone on record and said that they're going to be in compliance. It, there's just a, you know, every state has different policies and procedures and it's very difficult you know, to change those regulations in Virginia, and they know that their season doesn't open until October. But, you know, Virginia is not going to get a non-compliance flag, because they'll they'll be ready to go when the, when the season open up. And the other thing is New York changed their regulations yesterday, I got a text from our, uh, our secret weapon, Sue, um, right in the morning that that so thank you, Sue, for making us aware of that. Yesterday, New York came into compliance. So, um, so you know, we've we've turned a corner. It's not over. New Jersey has a meeting in like two weeks with the with the larger fisheries council in the state, um, and and they could veto this uh, decision last night, and then that's a whole other bunch of policy and procedure and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they do have the power to veto it. So we're not out of the woods. We want a battle. War's still going on. Virginia's going to comply in October. New York complied yesterday. Um, we're, we're, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. And, and that is a, you know, I think I said in a podcast a while back that like, you know, we're in, if we were writing a book on striped bass conservation, we're in the last chapter and how do you want it to end? Well, you know, maybe we're not in the last chapter. Maybe we're like two chapters from the end, but you know, this, this chapter ended on a positive note and, um, and I'm just, you know, so, so grateful for the advocates in New Jersey who suffered through that meeting last night and still gave a conservation message and the rest of the advocates up and down the coast, because what you have done, what you have done through educating yourself and, and spending your time and energy and emotional capital on this is you have given conservation minded decision makers 
the political backbone to make the decisions that they've wanted to make for the last 10 years. You've created a community that is allowing these people to do the right thing because prior to all of y'all coming along, all they heard from was the people that were on there last night and the people that were hollering and screaming in New York. That's all they heard from. And they didn't, they didn't have the ability to do the right thing. So anyone who says that grassroots advocacy doesn't work and the real stuff happens behind closed doors. I mean, I don't know. I'm not here to convince you otherwise, but you know, if you're results driven, the results are pretty hard to deny. So, and the other thing about grassroots advocacy, what we believe in is even if you lose, you walk away and you've elevated the conservation community through communication and experience. So we're getting better every day. You are getting better every day and you're making a difference. And, you know, when, when push comes to shove, I'm glad everyone, I'm glad y'all are on our side because you're the advocates for the future. So thank you, uh, everyone. It was a win. We got to keep watching it. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, we could have been mean, nasty, and brutal on this because there were some, there were some shit on there that was so dumb that I, I, I lost a few IQ points and that's, that's hard to do. I don't have many to give. Dumb, dumb but predictable because to tie it all in, we did launch our new, for people who listened to one of the last podcasts we did together, ASGA has launched our own Stripe Bass Bullshit Bingo. There are three cards available on the ASGA blog. We're going to post it on social this week. But I didn't get bingo last night. I picked card A. I had four in a row on one spot. But man, bingo is going to be pretty fun going forward. That's all I can say because we're searing a lot get of the same. Get your cards ready for the August ASMFC meeting, my man. Get them ready. There'll be a, there'll be a something something cool to win for the first email to us that says bingo. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening. Send your comments to comments at saltwaterguidesassociation.org. Thank you, Cody, for hopping on here, and we will we will talk to you soon. Oh, the next, the, just the last thing I want to say is we have a badass podcast on sensory science and fisheries. Um, what fish see, what fish hear, uh, from, from, a incredible scientist. Um, and, and that'll be coming down in, in the next couple of days. So be on the lookout for that. Um, is probably one of the most enjoyable podcasts that I have ever done. And we learned so much. So, so be on the lookout for that. Thanks for listening in on this one, folks. And we will talk at you real soon. 